1: Wilford sets off upfield, he wants a speedster to run onto it. He might be the quickest, oh he kicks, he kicks ahead, and now Corey H will come, oh H with the one handed pick up, how about that? Asako in behind them, he's confused, he didn't know whether to kick or whether to run, he takes the run! Hello, Broncos fans, and welcome to this week's episode of Broncos Weekly. As always, I'm Mitch, and not as always, we're joined on the line by our good friend, Benny. How are you doing, Benny?
0: Very well, thank you, mate. How are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. You're
1: almost... I would say, what are you? You you like the in the rotation with Simo now? It's it's not fifty-fifty, but it's, it's not. Like, we it's can't decide. It. Yeah, it is. It's it is. just like the whole Broncos
0: halfback thing. We don't know who the first choice one is at this point. We like, we're we'll just keep shuffling. <laughs> hey mate, you shuffle the deck chairs. You land on me every now and then. It's
1: fine. <laughs> we will. We will. But essentially, um, it's not that Simo couldn't podcast. It's more Benny wanted to, and it's um, it's always good for you guys to hear a different voice who can complain in a different way than me and Simo can about different
0: issues with the club currently. Well, that's so. exactly right. I mean, like complaining is about the Broncos, not something that I enjoy doing, but, uh, you know, it's as fans for the of the team for the last 30 years, I, I think we have a bit of a right to have a few grievances with the club and how it's currently going.
1: Yeah, it is. So we haven't asked for questions. We'll just get through lots ourselves. We're going to start though. We'll talk about last week's game because probably, yeah. I know we've had some embarrassing losses, and it wasn't the most embarrassing loss of the last two years, but it was embarrassing for me in the sense of like it was such a winnable game, and they turned up like that, and you just like you just lose faith in a lot of those players ever being something for this club when that's what we get after one win.
0: Yeah, that uh, that was it was a game, and I was I've been speaking to my brothers about it. It's like that was almost the one that broke the camel's back for me this year. Like. We've been bad at times. We've been good at times, but we've had a win and then we had a buy. And then we dish this up against a team that has been absolutely awful for the past four to six weeks conceding tries at will. Mm -hmm. And they, we just didn't show up. It was fucking embarrassing.
1: Yeah. It's like, you look at this, like I penciled that game in, from like round seven or eight, for God's sake. When the da- Tigers were looking okay, I penciled in, we can probably win that Sharks game and maybe this one and start feeling okay about some of the later season games.
0: Yeah, it, I mean, was a, it was a three of, we could, that was the stage where we could have probably won three of our next four type. Yeah, it was. Out of the draw.
1: And then the Tigers started playing like they did. And we went into the game favorites, for Christ's sake. It's the first one we've been favorites against a non-Bulldogs team in like two years. You know, he went into the game favourites, and the worst thing for it for me, mate, is that they—it looked like they—they t- they thought they were going to win. It turned up to win. Like yeah. they—they look like they read their own press after one win, yeah. And that the buy round has solved everything, and yeah, just again went to not respecting possession anymore. We have a, such an issue with respecting the ball and earning victories, and they refused to. If this one, if all they did was just complete their sets at like seventy-five percent. And give away maybe two or three less penalties, they win. But they can't it, not shoot themselves in the
0: foot. No, and and this all comes back to our spine. Like Tessie, mm. while he's doing great, is six games into his fullback career. Brody Croft is a 50-game player who still has absolutely no idea what he's doing on the field, has no attacking influence on on the game at all, and is just Literally out there taking up a jersey number. Tyson Gamble is not the most talented player in the world, but he will at least try. He put in some decent kicks. The, Tyson's biggest problem is every now and then on the fifth tackle, he'll decide he to run he's it, got it. 40 <laughs> yeah. out where he
1: hasn't got any pace. I don't think yeah, he's I'm ever like, actually beaten
0: someone doing that. <laughs> no, I'm like, guy, just keep kicking to the corner, dude. Like, that's all mm. you need to do. You did that very well for 80% of the game. It's just Every now and then, he just has that little fade, which is a fade you can deal with if you've got a halfback that can actually play the game properly. Yeah, and then or a team that
1: can defend more than one set in a row.
0: <laughs> exactly. And then Turpin, you know, bless him, he's a, you know, he tries his ass off every single mm-hmm. week, especially in defense, just doesn't have any, you know, creative now set of hooker. So we're doing what we're doing at the moment with a spine that is almost completely useless.
1: I mean, it's it's the worst in the league. Plus, some margin, like, I think. Like, I know people would say the Bulldogs, and I don't know it, but really, I think ours ours is probably still worse because, like, Jake Averillo goes okay. I honestly think he'd probably be the best player in our spine if it was in our spine. Yeah. And, and I think if he's fit, Gerald Marshall King is actually better than Turpin. I wouldn't think I would have said that a few years ago, but he actually creates some things. Anyway, if we're not the worst with the second worst spine in the league, yeah, and definitely. As you, Tessie has potential. I give him a free pass. He hasn't been making mistakes. He's been doing his best.
0: And Tessie can't do anything unless at least one or two of those other spine members do something before he does. Yeah. Like that's the thing. Like that's what a fullback does. A fullback doesn't just create off his own back in a side like ours. He needs either the hooker to create out of dummy half or the half or five-eight to be able to give him something playing out the back of some shape. And mm-hmm. he just can't get that. Like, I mean, we've seen him do a couple of selfish tries already this year. Like he's done a great job scoring some tries literally off his own attacking spark, but mm-hmm. he needs more than that to be able to, you know, actually fulfill some of the talent that he's got.
1: Yeah. And what you said is hundred percent correct that. Even when James Tedesco was in that bad tiger side, his last year was so poor there. People were trying to act like he wasn't a loss to go to the Roosters. Like he wasn't yeah. a big loss, but it's all the changes that he was in a better team than the year after. He looked like a world beater. He was the exact same player that whole time. And, yeah, Tessie, you can't change the tide for the team from fullback. You just can't. No. But it feels like when when you've got Croft at seven, I feel like he really impacts Turpin at nine because Turpin is a a good defensive nine, works his ass off, hasn't got an attacking creative bone in his body. But it feels like every time Croft's seven, Turpin thinks he has to create, and he just does things. Like when he picks the ball and runs three or four metres out of dummy half with nothing. Yeah. On his mind. But he
0: does sort of have to create because Croft can't. Like, And that's the thing. When you've got someone who's not an attacking spark like Turpin, looking at your halfback who's even less of an attacking threat like Croft, I mean, something's going to give. And Turpin, bless him while he does try his best, it's just not a combo that can work for us going forward. Like, Give me 30-year-old Albert Kelly over Croft every single day of the week. I mean, I know he's been injured, so there's not much we can do, but... I mean, the quicker we never see Croft in a Bronx jersey, the better.
1: Yeah, it um, it hurt me a little when I saw the team list after the exact same day they came out that Kelly's available for selection. I thought they were throwing the bunny up that he's going to be back in the seven, but and they've, I just hate that they've landed on a common sense decision. They've landed on we don't want to keep shuffling the team. They landed on it though with with. Proft at the seven, Yeah, it's yeah. like, they are not with Kelly, I was okay with that because Kelly had his faults. He was making mistakes, but he was creating points. Yeah, he was. And he was doing things like supporting other ball runners, actually trying to create things. Whereas, we, as we know, Brody's been a handicap, a handbrake on the attack for years, but we've just seen what he did to the left edge of the defense. Like, it's no coincidence that he had, like, the worst ever right edge defensively, and he was on the right and then he moves yeah. to the left and all of a sudden, teams are just going that way on us. Yeah. And, like, he just... Play him and Glenn did not communicate like once that entire game. No. They both played narrow, and there was so many moments in that game when I, when I watched the replay that you've got guys like Gamble from the left hand side, right hand side, losing his mind, screaming at them to spread a number up or whatever, and just nothing happening on the left hand side. All those guys were playing in a silo,
0: and they and the Tigers gutted us. And that's the the worst <laughs> thing about that is to. People that will just watch the game on the weekend and not pay too much attention, you know, to how things are actually going, they'll look at Herbie and they'll look at Oates on the wing and be like, oh, you guys have completely blown it. It's like, no, the inside defenders are leaving these guys posted. Like, there's no decision that they can make. It's They have to make a decision, which is clearly the wrong one because Mm. of the work of their inside guys. Like, you know, we've seen those still shots of exactly where Glenn and Croft were defending and Herbie they just stand no chance out there with with guys who are so bad laterally already Mm -hmm. being so tight to the ruck that you know even a Tigers attack that is been pretty bad you know other than say Dewey just absolutely tore them to shreds like whenever they pretty much wanted
1: yeah and that first try for example um it's when we when they offloaded uh, Stefano offloaded in the middle. It went right and then went back into Luciano Lua. That looked yes. pretty simple. Yeah. On the first look, you, know, you watch it first. You just like, oh, they've outnumbered us. You know, an offload cross crossover stretch and whatever. It just happens. When you rewatch that, you find that the tackle the guy on the last play the ball, Alex Glenn, is in the tackle. And then he's the second marker who wasn't going right. He was supposed to go back left and get back into the line. Stefano gets hit really close to the line. And then Glenn lazily walks over because it is the lazy call. It's harder to run back to the goal line. It's easier to be the fourth man into a tackle.
0: Oh, he walks over sure. to the
1: Stefano's tackle and doesn't wrap his arm, and he offloads. And all of a sudden, we've got three on the left defending like six tigers. Yeah. and it's like, oh, that's a genius call. So when they isolate Croft, there was huge. They didn't blame Croft for that one. It's like Glenn made the poor call, but some of the other ones, mate, they just didn't communicate. And we had occasions Tessie doing his best to vocalise, from what I saw, behind the the ruck, pointing to to the the retreating one of the retreating forwards to go left. You know, telling the markers they're going left. And then the left-hand side just doesn't talk. Yeah, and, and just stationary. It does happen sometimes. It happens in games and it gets away from you. But that happened with a 40-game halfback or 50-game halfback and with our captain.
0: Yeah, who's nearly a 300-gamer.
1: And if Alex Glenn right now can't at least stand in the right position,
0: I mean, yeah. what are we doing? And communicating. What are we doing? I,
1: mean, I know he's not getting dropped this year, but. Yeah, whatever. It's just disappointing watching that. And the most disappointing thing of all of it, as you said, mate, the Tigers had no interest at all in defend. They had no interest in defending at all. Anytime we had the ball, no. we made 10 metres a run in this game. Yeah. But after we scored that first try, we made it to their goal line, the set after that. We never do that. Yeah. Ever. We Wouldn't drop it. We man- yeah. We're not manly. We're not no. Penrith. We're not the storm. Those teams- we all- always struggle to make 40 metres out of our own half. We made it to their goal line. Anytime we had the ball, we, we motored downfield, but we just couldn't do the basic thing of like hold the ball, get to last kick, and then don't put pressure on yourselves. We couldn't do it.
0: Yeah, that's, that's the disappointing thing is it was, um, you know, Toyota Cup standard where it's just we can't seem to, and we haven't been able to do this for a while. We mm-hmm. can't seem to just, it's not even just icing a game. It's putting yourself in a position where you can ice a game. Yeah. Like, we don't even let ourselves get to that position where we're like, all right, we're six ahead. There's 10 to go. Let's knuckle down and just win it outright from here. We get ahead Mm -hmm. and then someone gets too confident. They make an error and then it unravels from there. Like, you know, Jermaine was great for 35 minutes. He missed a penalty shot from about two metres wide of the upright. And from that miss, he kicks it out on the full. He drops it. He gets taken into touch. He goes up for a bomb, drops it. Doesn't go up for the next one. He gets out jumped. They score. Like, is there a player in the competition at the moment that, as soon as one thing happens to him, the rest of the game is a complete write off? Uh, and
1: I've had the patience of this of a saint with Jermaine Asako.
0: Oh me so I love the <laughs> man. I, I think there is like. a footballer in there, but you. Can, I mean, yeah. this thing He's where you not mate. No, you can't just make one mistake. And have your whole game unravel from there. Like, you just can't do it.
1: Yeah, and the the kickoffs going dead has been a constant problem for him. For a dude that is one of the best contact uh, sorry, goal kickers in the league, you'd think he'd understand by now how to kick the ball. ball. They, I honestly think he shouldn't be taking kickoffs. I'd rather, remember for a while, there, even like Matt Gillette did it. It ain't hard yeah. to kick off a tee. I'd rather kick him 10 metres short at this point.
0: But the thing is, with what he's doing, he's kicking the belly of the ball. So yeah. he's not kicking the ball as if he's kicking for goal. If he's kicking the ball like he's kicking for goal and kicking the point of it, I guarantee you that ball is not going dead. It's not. When you're kicking on the belly of the ball, you get so much more chance of just getting an absolute flyer off it. And he's doing that. Like kick it high if you're gonna do that. Don't just kick it hard and long.
1: Yeah. And he has all the skills in the world, as you said, mate. Like but I can I have zero faith in him in those moments. Like I have no faith in him putting a kickoff in the field of play after we concede two tries and things too, like he has a great drop kick on him. But when we ever actually need a short dropout or a short kickoff, he is never hitting it. No. Ever. And he could probably do it at training. He'll probably hit you 20 straight perfect short dropouts. Yeah. And, and there's some there's some guys in this team that, like, I know we can always talk about coaching and whatever, and I'm not going to set a bar. Like, not everyone can be Bellamy, Rob Robinson, and Bennett, okay? There are some guys in this team that I'm at this point that I don't know what coach the majority yeah. coach can get out of those guys you know bags of talent that just they've been through a number of regimes and they still can't get really basic things right and jermaine's one of them tom Flegel is the other for me like he was kind of good in origin
0: and yeah he, he was fine he like i mean good moments but... he got belted a lot but like you know at least he sort of got stuck in yeah um but, you know, I think that was an accident anyway, him being yeah. actually called into the team. But, yeah, I mean, there's like I said, there is coaches that can get certain things out of players. I mean, Bellamy couldn't get anything out of Croft and Seabolt exactly. thought he could, which is, I mean...
1: Yeah. We still think we can or whatever. I mean, I don't rate Kyle Flanagan, for example, but it's biz- it's bizarre that, like, Brody Croft is still starting games and he's not. Yeah. Flanagan, at least, doesn't fuck up all the time. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like Flegler in this game, he started pretty well when he came on the field. And then the thing he does almost every week, just one dumb mistake, and it yeah. always costs a six. And that penalty he gave away. There's penalties in rugby league. They're not created equal. And that's why the penalty counts never actually matter but we seem to give away dumb penalties all the time or the wrong penalties. And I'm shocked whenever we do
0: like a good penalty or a good deliberate
1: one. Yeah. Like I gave a dumb one away in this game, like being the fourth
0: guy in and hitting someone high. I oh, know that was on a fourth w- tackle Like intent. I understand because you, we had such a good set. Yes. It was a great set up until that point. I think they were 18 meters off their line on the fourth mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it wasn't even necessarily a high shot as such. Like, it was high contact, obviously, but you can't put yourself in that position to give away that penalty at that part of the like at that stage of the game. Like we defend that set and they're kicking from twenty-five out. Again, we're right on their try line in four tackles. Yeah, and it's just something that kills us all the fucking time. And I, I'm sick of like watching it. That's I saw I mate. Honestly, I can't handle it because. It's so dumb. We have the dumbest football team in the competition.
1: Yeah. And you can get by, mate. Like when you watch your team, they put in, they compete, they do their best and you lose. It happens.
0: Yeah. happy. I'm I'm happy. When I say I'm happy, I'm obviously never happy to lose. But when teams say they've had a good loss, I don't think there's ever a good loss. Mm. There's honorable losses where you can cop getting beaten by a better team. But then there's losses like this where you want to slit your throat.
1: Yeah. Like the, and... tie, the Eels game and the Panthers game. You know what? Well played, fellas. Yeah. This game was like, what the hell is wrong with all of you? All yeah. everyone. You forgot how to play the sport again. And it's not that young of a team
0: anymore. It just isn't. like. No. The inexperience is not an excuse for this because the guys that we have playing in certain positions are all old enough to know better. Yeah, like and like for example, twenty-five for Christ's sake. You yeah, know? like Jermaine, okay, from the wing, but you watch Croft and you obviously you cut up tape and that sort of thing. How many times defensively has he sprinted out past everyone? For no reason. For no reason, only to leave a bit of a broken line, then retreat. So not only does he sprint out, he breaks the line there, he has to his outside men, Herbie winger, have to come in because he's sprinted out a little mm-hmm. bit, then he retreats which means the outside guy's are already in tight, tighter yeah. than they need to be. And all it does is create confusion amongst four defenders because he's not, it's, he's trying to do his own thing. He's trying to get mm-hmm. line speed, but line speed doesn't work. If it's one guy,
1: it doesn't and not even worst... making a tackle. And the worst thing of that for that whole game was the one he finally committed to. He forced a bad kick from Adam Dewey and then the other guys all fucked it up. Yeah. Like, that's another small thing for us is this, why does this happen? As you mentioned, the dumb team, this happens to us all the time that the most basic thing of like putting the ball on the ground in the end goal or batting it dead eludes us. Yeah. And that, we'll concede that try, and then they'll put the next one dead. And it's like, yeah. oh, yeah, <laughs> you remembered you could do that. But in that instance, that kick through, we had three or four players who touched that ball, three of them, I think, before yes. the Tigers scored. And not one of them just thought, I'll dive on this. All of them tried to beat the piss out of it. Yeah. They didn't just try to put it dead. They it like, Tessie's missed it. But, and I forgive him again out of this because he wasn't the one who fucked up at first, but he's missed it trying to kick it into the back of the grandstand. Where he's left to do, mate, is grab it and run dead or just tap it a little or fall on it. But they can't just do the most basic thing.
0: They when the ball's a foot off the ground, yeah. don't try and kick it. Yeah. That's tough to do. It is. <laughs>
1: like... I mean, even if you contact it with a mate, very likely it goes off his shin and just stays in field.
0: Exactly. Like, unless you can like, get a proper strike on it, yeah. you should be using your whole entire body to try and get in front of that ball. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter if you think you might be able to shepherd it dead or anything like that. Like, we've seen Jermaine do it where Dufty burnt him. Like yeah. no, And it's not just him. Like, so many teams have been burnt by thinking they can just shepherd it dead. Like, yeah. what's the point in even possibly risking that?
1: Yeah, and we, we can see enough piss-easy tries before we let ourselves do that to ourselves as well. you get know, Yeah, right? like, we don't need that. We don't need that. It was just that was just woeful. And uh, what was the other one I was going to mention there? And also
0: Jordan Ricky, like
1: twenty five minutes. Jordan Ricky is great.
0: Yeah, really good last week off the bench. He was great last week off the bench. I thought he did a. Re- I thought he had a, a really good game yeah. last week. And but... I think
1: he's still learning. And he, and I you know whatever. But even in this one, like, again, when that that break they had when he let Dane Laurie run through his chest. And it's yeah. Like, it's like, mate, yeah. you know, you weren't gonna like. It give away six one. again. It was tackle one. Yeah. Everyone does this now, Jordan.
0: Yeah, just grab him and then six again, and yeah. we don't let them go the full field. It's not honourable to like you know to give away a set restart. Just just yeah. do it. Part Me- and parcel of the yeah. game now.
1: And if they penalise you, who cares? Yeah. Like because the real penalty was the six points, mate. It wasn't <laughs> the line break. And yeah, so it did, that was just embarrassing as well. And even but- small things, mate. Like, even with all this that happened, all this happened we still found a way to bomb like three tries. Yeah. Like, they still get letting us in the game and we still get bombing
0: them. Yeah. Too many. Like, yeah, too many. I think the one that um, Ricky blew, I think that was because Stags cut inside and yeah. he's just not, you know, I wouldn't say talented enough, but he's just not aware enough to be able to turn and throw that pass. Yeah. I think that's the big thing with him. Tessie blew one. And I can't remember who Gamble else. Gamble blew one. one. Gamble. Gamble with that one running on last
1: and just took a hit up when like, you know, God bless him. Flegler would actually run the right line back on the inside. And yeah, just that was embarrassing. And then we got it right. Like Katoni's first game back. We, we, everyone remembered we had Katoni stags in our side. Yeah. We threw the ball at him like 50 times and it was awesome. And this game, we forgot he existed.
0: Now, was he right. running off Croft or Gamble this game? Gamble, but it yeah. just the
1: ball just never got out there. I mean, we didn't have enough of possession anyway. We had 43% of possessions. We couldn't hold the pill. Yeah. But he only had seven runs. And, you know, last week in his like, he had what he had like 10 runs in the 50 odd minutes he played, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But he was everywhere and yeah, he couldn't get
0: in the ball to him. But in saying that, defensively seems to have it's turned a to improved big a lot.
1: He's physically, like, man, he is strong, man. He Like, like yeah. time they went right, They that
0: right side looked locked down. It, it did. did. It was Gamble. fantastic. And that, because they were just holding their shape, because mm. you know why? Gamble wasn't just shooting out of the yeah. line for no reason. So it allowed Staggs and Jermaine to stay yeah. a little bit wider mm. off that play of the ball. And mm-hmm. lo and behold, a couple of times, they actually shoveled people into touch. Who would have thought that that's what you could do when you hold shape? Mate,
1: that's it, mate. And that's one of the reasons why I respect Tyson Gamble. And I think... He's a really good first drop half to have in the future because when he comes into first grade, you know that yeah he's probably not going to create a lot of points for you, but he's going to put pressure on the opposition. He'll defend really well. He's not afraid of being vocal on the field. And he can, and he can kick a little bit. He, too. Can kick. Like,
0: he, can he can kick. Yeah, that's fine. Like I thought he did his job for ninety five percent of the game. Like yeah. he was. He's he's not the reason we're losing. No, let's put it that way. Like he's not the reason we're losing. There's guys like Glenn. Croft, Jermaine, you know, Flegler, they're guys that we're, we're losing because of those guys not being able to just do their job properly.
1: Yeah. And, um yeah, I don't know if there's anything else you want to say about this game, but we'll get on to the players after that. But I will, actually, we'll give credit to one of the players too. Despite his defense getting ruined, I thought Corey Oates was awesome.
0: No, he was fantastic. He, he, was, he was great. Like, and it sucks that he's been sort of, he got dropped when he shouldn't have. Um, yeah he got burnt it, by Jason Saab and Tommy yeah, Turbo. <laughs> I mean, who hasn't been burnt, though, those two this year? I mean, yeah. they've scored 5,500 tries each. So, um, But no, he was great. He attacked every bomb. He, I think he came down with every single one of them. Yeah. Plenty of metres. They peppered um, him all day. Yeah, and the thing about Corey is he doesn't do what Jermaine does. Like, he'll go up for every contest, and if he drops it, he drops it. But yeah. I'd rather someone go up for every contest and drop it rather than letting someone out jump you and just have a try.
1: Yeah, no, that's it. Like the Mount Milo out jumping. Mount Milo had a disgusting game till like 15 minutes ago. He was not interested in that. Oh, he didn't want to play. And all all Jermaine has to do is like, even if he doesn't even try and catch a thing, jump and look up. And at least at that point, he's in the way,
0: you know? (laughs) And you look at exactly, obviously, he didn't play, but you watch him for Queensland. He contested every kick that went his way. He didn't come down with one of them with, you know, in attack, but attack the ball. Like you're taught that when you're six years old.
1: Yeah, and as you said, attack Corey sometimes gets embarrassed by when he goes up for kicks and like, lands on someone else. But it's because he went up for the kick. That's yeah. his job, to go up That's for it. it.
0: You're a winger or a fullback, you attack the ball.
1: You do, mate. And I think Tessie's got quite good at that already too on an occasion. like, And he's been a bit better sweeping. But um, yeah, I'm not sure. I know they're persisting with Jermaine over Coates, whatever. I'm not sure what his future is at this club. At this Is that point. Tessie or no, Jermaine? Jermaine, Jermaine. I um,
0: can't really see him doing too much I other mean, than this year, really. Uh, the
1: Tigers won't be interested in him now, I don't think, considering they have Nofaluma, Malmalo, and they have uh, Dan Laurie at fullback. But he was like to talk to other clubs. And I've liked the guy for a long time, but I would not lose one wink of sleep if no. he was scored
0: next year. No, and if I mean he goes great no. next summer, the better club? Look, yeah, kudos to him. But... It's, it's a little bit like Milford at the moment. He yeah. just, he might need a change of scenery. Like I said, I is an athletic freak. He's got everything that you want in a footy player, Yeah, but you gotta be, you can't be 25 and losing confidence after one mistake. You just can't.
1: You can't exactly. right, mate. Like you've got to have a short memories as any, any good player in a key position. And Jermaine is in a position, no matter where he plays, where he will be under pressure yeah. 30 odd percent of the game it's well, wing always is yeah. a key
0: position now like yeah, what you think of the work that they have to do They, you, like they've got to finish tries they have got to diffuse kicks like mm-hmm. they have got to make meters it is a key position it's not just like you know it's different from steve turner's and anthony quinn's of you know yeah. 10 15 years ago you you are expected to do more and and he's got the skill set for it so you've yeah like you said you've got to have a short memory it's like onto the next playmate sorry did i drop that last one can't remember
1: yeah, that's it. But instead, it's like, it's almost like he goes, "Did I screw up? Fuck, I've already yeah. screwed up. That's it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Pack it my in. Fam- my family hates me. Like I'm yeah. embarrassed. Everyone thinks I'm a loser. Like yeah. that's not the mindset you got to have. Like I mean, if you make a mistake, you've got to act like you haven't made one.
1: Hundred percent, man. And what's killing me as well is that they probably turn up against Penrith this weekend.
0: Absolutely, they will. I'm lose by ten.
1: Yeah, they'll probably turn up and look like a great team again and lose by 10 points. And just,
0: yeah, it's,
1: I don't know. I have not got the answers to that. I really don't, to mentally solve some of those players. I don't. But it just makes you pull your hair out when you watch it, mate. And as you said, it's... I should at least, when my team's bad, I'd like to think I can look forward to the games where I think we can smash someone's shit. Yeah, yeah <laughs> for
0: sure. We can't do that. Like. like, we're below the Tigers on the ladder. And, like, <laughs> you know, I, as much as... I look at it like we should absolutely beat the Tigers. We We're should. shit. Yeah. But they have they don't want to shit. play. They don't no, want to like, play, mate. They've offered less in the last six to eight weeks than what we have.
1: Like,
0: yeah. Oh God, it's fucked.
1: It is. Anyway, we'll move on to the next topic. Uh speaking of players leaving, we all knew this one was coming for, for a long time now. I've spoken about plenty of plenty of but I'll ask Ben. What do you feel about the uh, final goodbye for David Pangai Junior?
0: It's a bizarre one. Like it, you know. Obviously, I was ready for him to leave at the end of the year, um, and like obviously now doesn't make sense because we've got what six or eight games left, and mm. he will be back in two weeks' time after suspension to you know obviously help us win a couple more games, but. He's obviously made the decision uh, that he doesn't want to stick around to maybe win another spoon. He'd rather go somewhere (laughs) and and try and win something. And the club has obviously said, well, yeah, that's fine. I mean, whether that's on Iken or Walters or both, you know, I'm not too sure. But the timing of it is obviously weird. But, I mean, I I just don't care, really. Neither. I mean, I'd rather him in our team for the last six weeks. But if he wants to go and play with Penrith... Yeah, you know that's I don't, that's fine. I, I really I couldn't care less at the moment. I mean, I couldn't care less about how we're going at this year. Like we've, you know, we expected improvement and that sort of thing. And it, it, you know, it has it's come in patches. Mm. Um, you know, we that's it's a better team than last year, yes. But um, yeah, Pangai, you know, let it let him go. It's it sucks, but it's also probably. It's the
1: time. Wrong, the move, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm, I've been his biggest fan for a number of years. Everybody knows this, and I'm totally fine with the divorce. I never yeah. thought he was a career Broncos player, really. You know, everyone says they want to stay at a club for their life, they always say that. But uh, we've we had our fair had run had with, with him that's going to pay him, like that's yeah, that's, that's it. We've had we've our fair run with him, he's gone and got paid somehow. The what he's got paid after, like someone paying him that much a couple of years ago wouldn't have raised that many red flags for me. And I think we probably paid him similar next year, but just after his history, I'm shocked that someone's paid him that much. Good on him for going to get the bag, but I think we've shown that we can, even though he adds a lot, we can cope
0: without him in the forwards. Oh, for sure. Like I said, I mean, if we can, and we still haven't even seen Piacura play yet.
1: Mm -hmm. Who I think is going to be special. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: you know, like he's obviously got plenty of talent, Piakura and Brabati has shown plenty and, (laughs) we've got capewell coming like capewell's done more in his time in first grade than what pangai has if we're being if all things are equal like pangai's ceiling is higher yes but his floor is much lower capewell might not give you those incredible performances like you know pangai against tamalolo a couple of years ago he might not give you that but We've seen that even on the biggest stage at Origin that Capewell is a more than capable player, and he can create things out of nothing. He's a a solid defensive player, and he's you know he's a very good work rate in the forwards. So I mean, I've got no dramas if we're playing you know whether it's Kobe at lock or Robarty at lock, and then Capewell and Piakura on an edge. I mean that's a that's a very good back row for me.
1: Yeah, and I, and I don't know what Capewell's on, but I do think he's on less than what Payne guy's getting the Bulldogs, and I, I think he will be too. And I'll take that. And and the one good thing I've seen from Capewell, as well, same things as Adam Reynolds has been saying, but he really wants to own things at the club. Like he's talking about yeah. how he wants to come and bring what he's learned, and he's you know name people. By name, he named like what I've learned from Paul Gallen, Luke Lewis, Wade Graham, what I've learned at Penrith, all that. I want to come to the club and I want to be a captain and I want to turn him around. Yeah. And obviously, Reynolds is the captain next year, but it's good hearing fabric things rather than just guys saying, Oh, I can't wait to play for the Broncos.
0: Yeah, I want to be a Broncos. Like, yeah, we'll be a Bronco then. Like yeah, you, I know. Can, you can be a Bronco. Yeah, like at least Cable's gone, Yeah, I want to be a leader. Yeah. And we need him to be a leader. We need. You know, Reynolds and Capewell as a one two punch as a leadership group is fantastic for us. Yeah. With my, my biggest, yeah. <laughs> you know, and my biggest problem at the moment like Capewell is a great signing, Reynolds is a great signing. The gap between great signings and a great coach is still too big for me. Like they might paper over some cracks next year with, you know, Reynolds. Like Reynolds will kick us to four or five wins just off his boot and being able to apply pressure. Like Reynolds plays, we win the Cowboys game. Reynolds play, we win the Tigers game. Reynolds plays, we win probably another one of the games against whether Mm -hmm. it was Para or Penrith. Um, Like just because he can create pressure with his boot, kicking to corners, allowing kick chase to get down and all that sort of thing. Like Reynolds will do that for us next year without any sort of coaching. Yeah, My biggest fear for next year is that's going to keep maybe Kevin a job longer than he
1: probably <laughs>
0: could be. You know, yeah. like, I understand what the club wanted to do by bringing in Walters and having him as an old boy, as a former, you know, premiership winner uh, and all that sort of thing to get a lot of the public back on side and a lot of the sponsors on side. But this club badly needs a coach that's going to have, you know, some proper tactical nous to him to be able to get us... You know, we might sneak into the eight next year if all players stay fit and we get maybe another one or two signings in the off-season. We might sneak into the eight. But we're a long way from being top four at the moment and only a coach is going to change that.
1: hundred percent, mate. And um I do think like you, we've added up now all the guys we've got rid of the last year or two. I have no idea where the money's gone. Like, I don't believe there's no cat space. Again, they just tried to sign Gagai. There must be cat space everywhere because I know... I know it doesn't always work like this. Lots of fans will go, oh, that guy left. That means that team has a million dollars in cat space. doesn't always work like that because the team usually has already filled it. But we've lost like how many million dollar or near players? You know, Bird, Boyd, Milford, off contract from next Lodge, year. Got Lodge, Panguy, Joe O, Jimmy the Jet a couple of years ago, probably not relevant anymore. Um, whatever. There's num- heaps of them. And we've not really... I know we've re-signed Youngfellas and signed Adam Reynolds.
0: Yeah. But we've not really made a massive splash. Obviously the difference as well is like, we're probably going to be paying freight on half of those contracts for next year. So yeah. like I think we might've,
1: cleared... but, but Lodge. And I think maybe Pangai.
0: Yeah. So it's... like if we, if we got rid of, let's just say $1.8 million, we might only have a million of that to spend rather yeah. than 1.8. But yeah. again, there there should be space in the cap for us to actually, you know, and whether the, you know this could be, oh, I can being a bit smarter with money. Like we don't want to go after someone when there's no one out there. Like don't sign someone just because we have cap space. Like er, even though we have with, like, so with like, a few. Pereira, <laughs> Jensen, Mead, Kelly, Gamble, all of those guys. Like there's too many depth signings, not enough first grade signings. I agree. With um, that. So yeah, hopefully we can actually use some of that. You like I said, whether it's you know from November one maybe they're holding off until then where they can actually start chatting to some more players like uh, that. Well, I'm holding out hope for that, like that we can actually be smartly run. I can, does seem like he's fairly smart, fairly switched on. Maybe he's just trying to bide some time um, until that deadline. So uh, I, I mean, I expect one, possibly two, I wouldn't say marquee signings, but signings that are some sort of, you know, relevance to the actual first grade starting side.
1: That's it. And other guys, I just, I remembered them. We didn't read, we had 800K for the feeder that went, I don't know where he don't. went to the Titans, and then McCulloch got let go too. So all this money was created from somewhere and maybe the yeah. front loaded heats of deals, which would be smart. But what I do like about some of these releases, it at least looks like finally we're understanding where we need to put the money like you know we need to keep paying we've got reynolds light up on a few key guys and
0: then whatever and you know what i think capewell is a key signing because he's already got experience he's already got you know state of origin experience he's not just an origin player like sewer played last year because we were out of people to actually play you know, Kate will looks like he's going to be a long term starter for Queensland for the next sort of three to five years. Um, Payne, they're going to obviously throw the bank at, which mm. I'm fine with. He's obviously a generational talent. Like he's someone that we should never have to lose. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously you'd give him the 10 million over David for feeder every day of the week because of what Payne actually brings to the side week in week out. Um, yeah, I agree with that. But, yeah, so, like, there is a few key signings already that we've made. Like I said, Payne is a big one that we have to keep. Reynolds is a key signing. Cable is a key signing. But our next one has to be one or nine. I mean, I think the key signing is the coach, but yeah, we have to find a one or a nine. We need a nine bad for mine. Like, I know yeah.
1: one, we need two. And the other weird thing, I listened to like a Tony Staggs interview yesterday. He's, like, he's interview post-training um, and he doesn't – and maybe he's being coy, but I don't actually think – he's kind of nervous in front of the media. So I don't think he has yeah. the ability to be coy. Yeah. And he was nervous in his interview, but he doesn't seem fully locked on that he's the sixth next
0: year. Which so, I'm okay with. I, he I think he I'd – love, I'd love him as a centre. And you know what? If we've paid him overs a little bit to play centre, there's not that many good centres in the game. And he is a genuine – game yeah, that will actually break a game wide open
1: yeah i'm okay with we'll paying him overs especially like if, if we got money now and say he was on 750 average just give him the 100k from Pangai, guy give him the money he yeah. did and whatever just throw that in there and then all of a sudden it's like 500k each year and you're sweet yeah whatever but uh he wasn't didn't seem fully locked on it he was going to be six he was like i'll give it a crack if they want me to but yeah i w- and he's like, I'll play wherever they wherever they want me to. I'll play there. But I'm a center is what he said. I'm a yeah. center. And it's like, well, yeah. maybe he's not locked in. So maybe there's still an option of, of a six from someone we don't know either.
0: So you're saying that Munster to the Broncos is
1: Well, happening. I was about to say, <laughs> there there is November's coming up. And we have the opportunity now, knowing we know that, knowing Brisbane 2 may not happen, there's like Ponga. There's Munster, there's Harry Munster Grant, and Brandon Cheese. Smith. Yeah,
0: I, I mean, I love Harry Grant. Don't get me wrong, but give me Munster and Brandon Smith. I'm just cheering every fucking day of the week. I will absolutely take both of those guys. And Munster is obviously like a Queenslander. Brandon Smith has said his family is moving to Brisbane or the Gold mm-hmm. Coast in like whether it's the next twelve months or they're already there. Like that's something that 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 I can has to be going at like hard you've mm-hmm. got to go after a Smith. like if brandon smith is playing as a seven i mean as a nine sorry we don't need a reynolds to be able to be a, a game breaker like reynolds mm-hmm. just has to do what he does because the creativity will come from brendan smith and whoever's outside of reynolds like all we need reynolds to do is be that seven the game manager the kicker mm-hmm. and all that sort of thing like keep a calm head on everyone that's perfect if we can, if we can get a Brandon Smith or you know whether it's a Brandon Smith or a Cameron Munster, we need one of those two, I think, or a player of similar ilk um, to 100%. be taking one of those positions.
1: So that's what I'm hoping for, and that's why I'm happy they dodged. So I don't think they even offered Sewer anything in the end. I think Sewer wanted to come back a hundred times. Yeah. They didn't do that, which is great. But they also dodged Dane Gagai and. But Dane and Dane
0: didn't really want to come back. Like no, he didn't. He pretty much th- didn't want to come back. Yeah, it was his third option. Like so, I think that was getting blown out, obviously probably because he's a Queenslander as well. Mm-hmm. And he started his career here and, you know, oh, the only people that'll fix the Broncos are apparently ex Broncos. <laughs> Even though it hasn't ever like worked. Yeah. But... <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand where that narrative comes from. Like yeah. it, it seems like a really weird stretch, but um, yeah, yeah so, Like, so Gagai's off to the Knights and then sewer obviously off to the Dragons. So, you know, that's great for us. And, you know, two positions we don't need to sign players in.
1: Yeah. Because I know people are saying with we'll light on backs and air quotes, but Okay, we signed Brenko Lee. That happened. Yeah. Okay. We have already, As if, if a Sarko says whatever, he's on a wing. If he doesn't, like, you know, Cobo's probably one wing. Yeah. Oates is probably still the other winger. Tessie's probably the fullback next year. Herbie's one of the centers. And then the other center is either likely Katoni, yeah. Brenko, or Jesse Arthurs. Yeah, They have depth. They still have, they signed Meade and they signed Pereira. I don't love that we signed both of them, but those are things that happened. Yeah. They have those players. We don't need Dangagai.
0: No, absolutely. guy's the last thing clicks. we need.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I was cool. We dodged that. And hopefully we can narrow our focus into another spine player. Yeah. No matter what spine player it is, we need another spine player so bad.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, we just need someone with some creativity as well. Like it's yeah. like, you know, someone that can actually give us, give our outside guys who have got talent, like Herbie We need to get Herbie some ball where he can actually be in some open space. Like, we've seen his footwork is great. We obviously know what Katoni can do. We've seen like glimpses of what Tessie can offer only in, you know, five or six games. Like, these guys are playing out wide. We need a seven and a six or a nine or whatever it's going to be. We need them to be able to play in the middle of field and get a little bit wider Mm. so they can get these guys that ball. Like, I still, we've seen Herbie being close to breaking a number of games open. If he yeah. has a little bit more time with the ball due to some creativity in the middle of the field, we're going to be in a much better position than what we are now, like than just giving in the ball and saying, Can you please try and break a few tackles? Yeah, like, that's all we mate. seem to be doing at the moment. Our six and our seven don't give our wider guys any space or any sort of shape to be able to run off. And Never. that's
1: it, just kills us. And if Stags is the six next year, We can make do with a right edge. It's either Brinko or Arthur's who looks to be on the precipice of a two year deal. Arthur's has actually been okay this year. That was, I think,
0: Arthur's has been fine. Like, there's I've got no dramas playing Arthur's. Like, Mm. center's not a strong spot across the competition, it's not. And I would say Arthur's is the meat. Like, he's the mean, he's the average. He's he's not shocking, he's not amazing. Mm. He's got some like, he's got some talent about him for sure. Like, he's got good feet. He scored a great try last week. Where he got on the outside of someone and and managed to ground the ball in the corner, like he can do a job as a centre if you've got a good half or five eight inside him.
1: Yeah, hundred percent, mate. And that's it. Like I wouldn't be against if we went and signed a game breaking back, but I don't think Gagai is that. Gagai's thirty one next year. His best years are behind him. He's living off of a rock origin reputation that was never the same
0: at club level. Gagai has never been a game breaking anything. No. Like, Gagai's performances on the wing for Queensland are fantastic. He's the Brent Tate of the modern, you know, Queensland mm-hmm. side. Plays unbelievably well at origin, but doesn't, like, necessarily break it open. Yeah. Like, you never said Tate broke it open. Yes, Tate scored some long-range tries, but that's not breaking it open. The guys inside did that. Like, Thurston set up Tate, and Gagai would take an intercept. But, like, has never broken a game open off his own attacking Back in the NRL Like ever <laughs> no, I, That's not a slight on him But he's just not that type of center
1: He's not So that's We didn't need that guy And um
0: Hodges was a game-breaking center He was
1: He was And yeah I just don't think we need that type of signing We need to look for a key position players And the other little thing You mentioned it there That's worried me a little Is in a vacuum A lot of these depth signings On their own individually They are fine signings Yes You start adding them up And it's like are we really feeling out the end of our roster
0: with like proven mediocrity? Yeah. And like, I, th- I said this, I think whether it was in discord or something like that, but like Corey Jensen, isn't someone that you develop. He's 28 next year, by the way, that'll he's, shock some people. Yeah. He's played for the Cowboys for five or six years mm. without doing anything. He's not a development player. That's like Nico Hines was a development player mm-hmm. for the storm because they got him when he had no experience in first grade, they sent him to you know, Q cup playing for the Falcons for a couple of years. They developed him as a fullback and now look at him. Mm-hmm. That's development. Corey Jensen comes off the back of playing eight years for the Cowboys. He's already reached his ceiling. Yeah. That's it. Like, and there's nothing more we can do for him. Like we're not going to make Jensen the next kick out. But it's not. just not going to happen. Like, we are. There's no need to sign Jensen.
1: There isn't, and like we we are missing. So Pat Harrigan, whether I like him or not, will play in the first grade side next year. He'll be in that in that 13 yeah, for sure. He will. And you end up having guys like Ethan Bullmore still can't make the side, right? Which is He's, ridiculous. It is. But, He's better than <laughs> Jensen. Jensen is like another Reese Kennedy. We already have a Reese Kennedy. Yeah.
0: You
1: know? And Reese Kennedy does his job well. I, I, I think Reese Kennedy is
0: better than Jensen
1: though. So do I. Like we don't need that. And it's the same thing when we signed both Mead and Pereira. It's like, we need one Mead or Pereira, yeah. you know? And if, I don't know if they've penned Kelly yet, but they've got Gamble now. We don't need an Albert Kelly. No, we don't. <laughs> they're both of the same thing. And almost all those guys, the worst thing all that is almost all of them are available next February. You know, they're still there. Yeah. And we've signed them for two years. So none of them to one-year fill a gap deal.
0: And it's like, why are we spending $800,000 or more possibly of our cap on guys that I like that. They are what they
1: are. Like, and you mentioned, it's funny, because you touched on what I was going to touch on, is that you can make those type of signings and have upside. And the ones you mentioned, like Nico Hines is one of them. Another one to be, say, I know people wouldn't think it is now, but Felice Kafusi was a Queensland Cup player when they got it. Yeah, he was. Know, Felice was one. You know, Christian Welch they developed. Tui Kamakamitha they developed. These are guys who were cheap, that had upside, and weren't that young, and they worked on them. And even look at, like, Parramatta, Isaiah Papali'i last year. Nobody wanted him, got him cheap. He's cracked on their side. Like, why aren't we looking for the next Nico Hines, the next Papa Lee, the next of those lots, rather than guys who who just know like, okay, we know who these guys are. We're not, we know. Let's look for
0: for guys who have got maybe five or 10 games of first grade under their belt, not 80 or 90.
1: Yeah. And the funny thing is we said this, I was having this chat I'm not in discord another group yesterday and some of the guys are focusing too much on the players i was saying like oh we'll get, we'll get the next Papali. i'm not trying to get exactly properly but i mentioned like what about a guy like went tony down at the bulldogs you know he they don't want him for some reason he is a little older but he's looked really good this year and then Bruce that was. afternoon he was at the yeah. rooster it's like oh 150 a year for a guy like him who would i rather pay 150 a year him or Corey jensen not a hard choice. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And we just haven't done any of that. And again, I was fine with all of them on their own. You're like, oh, it's an okay signing. Yeah. But you stack them all up. You're like, geez, that's a lot of guys filling up roster spots that you could probably get off the street next next year. Well, February that's what still. I mean.
0: Like like you said, if we needed to fill a roster spot come March one next year, mm. you sign Corey Jensen. Yeah. You don't sign him you know, in two July years. of the year beforehand. Like, in what are you years. doing? Yeah. yeah I did. Jordan Pereira it's, as well. It just doesn't make any sense. And like, I think I said it to you, like we're fast becoming the Titans with these sort of signings. Like we don't need to sign every, like it's like we've looked at him and he's got, oh shit, you don't have a club for next year. Look at his puppy dog eyes. Oh, let's give him two years. Like, yeah, we don't, the Broncos of yesteryear, and, you know, I know we're not the Broncos of yesteryear. Like, that's, like, Kevy seems to try to drill into them. Like, <laughs> you're the Broncos. But, like, our depth signings are usually starting at most other clubs. Like, that's how good our depth was as a, mm-hmm. as a club, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. And now we're just signing every single straggler that hasn't got a club for next year because why not?
1: Yeah and there's definitely guys with potential we could do that with we're not do- we haven't done that and uh yeah and you look at guys like Jordan Pereira again old 29 next year given two years like Jensen it's just confusing like okay when Branko got to the Storm right he he didn't get an NRL deal mate yeah like he did like And I'm not saying Brenko is that bad. I thought Brenko was worth someone figuring out. They did that again. Why aren't we looking for that type of signing over giving someone guarantee we guaranteed security for guys that might be out of the league? Like if we didn't sign Corey Jensen, he might not have got signed by anyone. He might have been in the Queensland Cup next year.
0: Like, do you reckon (laughs) Corey Jensen plays for us next year?
1: I don't know. He's taken Asiata's spot. I think he. I don't think he. Works his way into first grade. If he if he, he plays either. if he plays first grade, it's because there's been a lot of injuries. That's yeah. what I believe.
0: I I, I reckon too. Like
1: it had to be a number of them, and and then he'll be there the year after, and we'll look at the roster and go, "Geez, what have?" Yeah, you know,
0: like oh, Corey Jensen's a thing. Yeah, we've paid him for we've paid him how much money for two years? Like yeah, and if,
1: so, yeah. so whilst I applaud them being ready to let guys go like Pangai and Lodge similar. Finally. Because we, we do have, the, in the end, we do have a catchment. There's still always the next man up at Brisbane. They're always there. Like, we still have in the young forwards that you, you have, like, Xavier Willison, Brendan Piercura, the VAR brothers, there's a whole bunch of them. But it's just frustrating that we do have these glaring holes that we're not filling. And then we're filling other holes with this, these types yeah. of signings. It's like, you just hope that there has to be something coming in November. There's just no way there isn't. It just yeah. can't not be anything for Brisbane from here.
0: That's it, I man. That's the that's a scary part. And also hopefully the exciting part is like, there has to be something coming like this can't be it. Mm. Like no club can be this poorly run like they've We've sacked everyone, well, not everyone in the front office, but like we've done a pretty big clean out. We've actually got some people in there that are looking to do the right thing by the club. You can't do all of the hard work with lodges, paying guys and all that sort of stuff by getting rid of those deals only to come back with something that, like, I'd rather keep all of those guys than the guys Mm -hmm. we're signing.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, we're getting rid of Asiata. I was like, well, he hasn't been the signing I'd hoped, but I'd rather have him than Corey Jensen.
0: Yeah. And uh, But Asiata hasn't been the signing we hoped because he wasn't given the opportunity to be that guy. He wasn't. And I do also think they're
1: they're still looking at a Ryan James, I believe. So again, that just pushes the guys like Jensen down the depth
0: chart. And you're like, why? Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I get the okay. James signing again. I do actually understand that one that yeah. happens, but it's. It's like our ones.
0: spots from 20 to 30, a one player. Yeah. like there's We've got the top 20 is not too bad when you look at mm-hmm. it. And then 20 to 30, are like, what the fuck are you guys doing?
1: Yeah. And, and if you want to talk about like, I'll give some actual examples of guys who are off contract with talent or not like. For example, doesn't sound flashy, but Tremaine Spry is a Titans junior, was in that really good Queensland side, is carrying a little bit of timber. But every time he plays Queensland Cup, he kills it. Every yeah. time. And it, like, he's got eight tries in eight games this this season. Put a show on. I watched him last week in Sunshine Coast Falcons, whatever. That's a guy you can give a deal to for 100 a year. And you're not thinking, again, you're not thinking he's playing first grade.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not going, oh, geez, I've got that much money sitting in Cup right now
1: yeah but you've got to do that you're thinking like if tremaine spry ticks the box as we hope he can he's going to be our starting center in six in eight weeks or whatever but yeah. instead we've like got jordan Pereira, who's like well if our best center gets winger gets injured and then Wade gets injured Pereira won't let us down for a week yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. oh that's the upside of that siding is it like just yeah. things that and again, one of those guys is cool. One Tyson Gamble is cool. Yeah, but you want a Tyson Gamble, and there's like even we have one. We have an Ezra Mam you know, who plays for South Logan. It scares me how much he runs like Milford. But like you want him and a talented dude. You know, you don't just want
0: the one shit guy. <laughs> well, at the moment we've got Kelly, Mead. I mean, Kelly yeah. Gamble and Croft.
1: Yeah, oh. and,
0: and so far and twenty twenty one Milford. Like, yeah, that's a absolute clusterfuck of bad halves right now. So it is, mate. So.
1: I just hope we the guys we spoke about, they're, they're looking at them. And I do think uh, there'll be some bias towards like a Munster or a Pong or a similar because they do want Queenslanders. Yeah, And as dumb as it sounds, it does kind of matter. Like it,
0: I think it does too. Like, I think it gives the club its identity. It's like we're the flagship Queensland club. Like mm-hmm. you do want your side to be made up of majority Queenslanders. It's the team that... The town gets behind you more that way. They've got more people to cheer for. Like, it just breeds well for for the rest of the you know the season, the the competition. We we need, I think, need is not the right word, but Queenslanders just suit the Broncos.
1: Yeah, they do. Oh, another example too. Like, I'm just thinking from my head. Oh, Isaac
0: loomy loomy at the Storm off contract. Yeah, I have him. The
1: Mead and Pereira, but oh, get him for
0: sure. <laughs> but we're not. At least we know we can catch the high ball.
1: I do like one thing though, like Dale Finucane, right right? That's not happening. We've heard it's not happening for us. And I don't think we kind of need him at the moment anyway. It's one before Capewell, I would have loved Finucane. Yeah. One thing that the rumors with him that's filled me with faith is that for some reason the Titans and Cowboys want him. Yeah. And if I was to list out the NRL clubs that need Dale Finucane the most,
0: yeah, they are not,
1: the they're like down the bottom with like the Roosters. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. they're there because like, the Cowboys
0: have a, a the, them and the Titans have good packs. Yeah, what are they well, doing? The Titans have Jason. I mean, the Cowboys have Talmulolo. Yeah, and then they've got like the, their forward pack is not too bad. The Titans okay. again, they've got a decent forward pack.
1: So I'm glad they're doing that. One, like, it seems like they're duking it out. And... But this
0: is the this is where the experience card gets played because it just can't. Like why? Did, What makes you think that Dale Finucane is going to turn the Titans into a team that doesn't just concede 40 points and a half because they couldn't give a shit?
1: Is he going to make their hooker seven and six better? No. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I I can't get my head around them doing that because they have, as we know, they have Tino, they have Fafida, they have MoFo, three really good young forwards. So they've got them. Jared Wallace is still there next year. Uh, I think Proctor's on an option I don't think they'll sign him but uh, Joloff is most- still there as well Joloff is still there they got both Irma signed to 2024 they just signed Isaac Liu yeah why the hell are they even picking the phone up with Dale's agent calls
0: yeah it makes like, no sense
1: so I'm glad we're not doing that kind of stuff we're not yeah, full-time because sure. like, yeah. they need a hooker probably more than we do <laughs> and they, they need a phone. hooker
0: yeah I mean their hooker is it's dreadful that situation yeah. It is, um, and obviously Ash Taylor's not going to be there next year either. So
1: yeah, what do you think, by the way? About like, would you sign Ash back on? Like, so a rumor I've heard is clubs are turning him down at three hundred k a year. Yeah, would you take Ash
0: at the Broncos on two hundred? Not now because we've got Kelly Gamble. Yeah.
1: Like, is well, uh, Kelly being confirmed? He's staying.
0: Well, I mean, if I think, if like, put yeah. it this way, if Kelly went. I'd, I'd take Ash at 200K mm. because for me, yeah. Ash plays ahead of Gamble.
1: Yeah. That, I, I would do it as well and, but not rely on him. I'm that's what I'm sitting to. I think it's yeah. starting to hit that point where he's almost too cheap for the talent that's there.
0: Yeah. And, and like, you know, I he's had some decent games this year. He's been far less offensive than Croft and Milford when they've played. 100%. Like far less offensive. And he's got a good kicking game still. Um And if he's a guy that you know, and if see if he's this, I think the big difference here is like if we got Ash for that cheat and we didn't sign Kelly, Ash could actually play more of a role than he might think outside of a Reynolds because Fogarty Mm -hmm. doesn't offer what Reynolds does, he doesn't far less. And Ash playing outside of Reynolds, Ash can be even less. You know, there's no, there's going to be no pressure on him whatsoever to do what he needs to do outside of Reynolds because Reynolds is going to control the game for seventy percent of it.
1: Yeah, that's like the the really good fit I think that's down at Newcastle. Clifford and Pierce and like I don't rate Pierce, but Pierce is going to have the ball in his hands. Yeah, he is going to be ball dominant, and it lets another half that I call like a social loafer, like guys like Clifford and Ash Taylor, don't mind cruising through thirty minutes of a game sometimes. Yeah, but when you have someone else who's ball dominant they can get away with that and not embarrass you. And then when they, when they pipe up, like when Clifford turns up all of a sudden puts in two or three good bombs in a row Mm. and then, you know, puts a nice
0: kick in for a try. You're like, fuck how good's Jake Clifford, especially with a ponger as well. Like, yeah, that's the beauty of having Clifford in that scenario. Is like, you got dominant Pierce and then probably next Mm. dominant is going to be ponger. So Clifford is essentially your third dominant playmaker there. Um, And that's, you know, if Ash does that, then I'd be okay with that because I think it looks like Tessie's going to get, you know, his shot at the fullback spot for next year unless they decide to go after somebody, um, you know, in the off season. Um, And he's like I said, he's done a, he's done a very admirable job so far. And I think he'll only get better with another preseason there and, you know, some decent coaching. Um, So, yeah, I mean, if he can do his job and, and Reynolds does. He's like I said, it all depends on us getting a nine. I think We're, that nine's probably the most crucial spot for us.
1: I agree, uh, especially when we've got such a pack
0: of like dominant players. Like, you want to send them to down a bit better than they have been. Well, I mean, we watching, I think it was the Tigers game. I said to you, like, there was a point in that game where Turpin took off like he was going to try and do something, and it was. Like he was running in quicksand. I mean, it really, it just completely killed four tackles of good work that we'd done leading up to it. And any other hooker, almost any other hooker, except for probably the Titans hooker, actually Mm. takes advantage of that situation. Um, Like, I know he got an offload off the back of it, but it still just absolutely set us back three tackles.
1: Well, that's why I'm hoping to see some Corey Pakes in the run-in because I know they've got some issues with Corey that like he defensively He's one of those guys that ends up on his back more often than he puts his opposition on their back. Yeah. Which is, isn't fantastic for a guy who can defend in the middle the whole game. But Corey's got a bit of attacking spark about him, a bit more than Turpin. I just want to yeah. see what he can do around there. And he's, he's not as, again, he's now 21. Because I think we lost that year of development last year. I think a lot of us are thinking about these young players like they're still 19. They were two years yeah. ago. Like Corey's been around enough now. Maybe it's time to get a bit of a run in first grade. So I'd run home. Yeah. And get a bit of a chance.
0: I think he was actually good the time that he played for us a bit last year. Like when I say yeah. good, he was, you know, he offered something at least. It didn't look like he was ever out of his depth or anything like that. I'd I'd be more than happy to give him a 14 jersey just to see what we got for 20, 30 minutes a game on the run in. Like we don't have to play Turpin for 80 minutes. Like he probably is not not so he's not he's not fit enough, but like. We don't we just don't need him out there for 80 minutes. Yeah. before we sorry, you are mate. No, that's about what I was saying. Like I think we can afford to have a spot on the bench for someone who's going to come on and play, you know, 20, 30 minutes out of the um the nine position. I agree. And
1: I want to ask you about two more players before we wrap it up, because I know people are gonna start asking us about one of these guys. But Joseph Marnu this week has come out talking about eyeing up playing fullback or similar. And because we have money, we're gonna get linked to him. What do you think about the potential signing of Joseph Manu? And it's most likely to be for 2023 as well, because he's still on contract next year. Are you pro signing Manu,
0: or is he down your priority list? Um, I wouldn't say he's down on my priority list. I I, I rate Manu very highly. I think he could. I think if we're to sign Joey Manu, we sign Joey Manu without a position just yet. He can play one or he can play six. Like he's he's shown that he can play six. Um, but I think he's a very, very good fullback as well. I think we've seen in the time that um, Tedesco has been out that he's slotted in there very nicely. And then if he wants, like I said, if he wants to play, he can essentially play three spots in that back line with six center and one. So, I mean, if he was something that you could get, I don't think he's going to be breaking the bank money-wise either because people just don't seem to rate him as much because of the Tedescos and that sort of thing in that team. Like Sam Walker's getting far more plaudits than what Joey Manu does. And Joey Manu does far more for that team than what Sam Walker does. Um, I I think he'd be a good signing for 2023. If, if you know, the links are there and we decided to go after him, I wouldn't be upset if we signed him at all.
1: I'm with you there. I think, um, We've got to start talking to good players, obviously, in November. Yeah. He, he ticks that box, and I don't think he's going to get that ridiculous overpay bump of like, so excuse me, like, you know, oh, he's an origin player, paying 200K more than you would normally play him or all this other kind of stuff. I think you might be able to get him for 750 to 800 maybe yeah. around there and be pretty happy with it. And here's one that I want us to go after. And I only realized like two weeks ago that he's off contract in next year. Hamaso tabuai out is off contract in 2022. The Cowboys have pretty much spent up on key positions. They've got a, like a million in Val. They've paid Drinkwater. They've paid Townsend. They've paid Tamalolo. They've paid Reese Robson. And they've even
0: paid a little bit of Tom Dearden.
1: <laughs> yeah, they have. I think he is gettable if a club wants him. And I think, again, I'd rather have a Munster or a Manu for our fullback. I think he's in that conversation. Not sorry, not for Ponga or Emanu for fullback. I think he's in that conversation that we should be talking to him and seeing if he wants to come play fullback for Brisbane as well.
0: Absolutely, you've got to you've got to at least speak to him. Like hmm. he's and he's only nineteen. Like he's only going to get better. I mean, we saw what he did the other day. It just he breaks tackles for fun. Mm -hmm. and he's very very smooth when he runs and just with a little bit of polish he could be i'm not saying he could be a top three fullback in the game or anything like that but he's just someone that he's got speed he's got something that you know we could use as a team you know him playing a little bit out the back of shape um playing through the middle off of you know we've seen Haas now start to offload a little bit more in ball play like if he can play through the middle and he does sniff around the middle a lot like his support player is already there he's fantastic like He'd already be in the top, you know, 10 sort of support players in the game. And when you're as fast as he is, that's all you have to do. You don't even have to offer anything super special. And, you know, him just floating around the middle, you've got guys like Kate Will and Haas that can offload. I mean, he's got to be someone that you'd at least send an inquiry to, I think.
1: Same. And uh, I think exactly right. I think, um, the game with the way the rules are changed are a little less reliant on ball playing fullbacks whilst you still have to be able to ball play. It's a bit more of that. You want a guy supporting to the middle and playing up the guts. Than well, that's where Tedesco
0: past. makes his money. Like Tedesco is not your Tommy turbo style ball playing fullback. Tedesco is a bit more of a throwback to someone whose main game is support play. Mm. And they will play, they will ball play off the back of that a little bit as well. Like, that's what that's what the hammer can do for me. He can support play first, ball play second. Um, yeah. You know that's where his strength lies. Yep,
1: and uh, and he also kept Reece Walsh out of the Queensland 18 two years ago at fullback. He is a fullback for, by first choice. We're not we just trying to move someone there. Yeah, he has been a fullback through the Cowboys. Are trying to get him into the side elsewhere. So he you he can you can just position. see though the
0: way he plays, like it, you know that even that try scored in Origin, he put himself where a fullback would be from center.
1: He did. Like, he did. That's, mate.
0: that's just exactly where he needed to be. He saw the line break coming from the right hand side, and he was on the left. And as soon as that went through, he pushed straight up through the middle. And like I said, that's just what that's what good fullbacks do.
1: And we haven't support play. We haven't had that at the club
0: for what five oh, three years. years? <laughs> yeah, yeah three years, like... like Darius gave up years ago. I mean, yeah. not that Darius was ever a huge support guy, but like I think. Ben Hunt was probably our last real good support sort of
1: guy. Yeah, I agree. Ben Hunt, really good support player. And then I think Tessie's tried to do it a bit more than Jermaine has, but yeah. again, he's still learning there. He is. And, uh, and I'm not giving up on Tessie, but I do think that he could probably, I, I haven't given up on him being a center either. Yeah. But you, obviously, if you can sign a Ponga, a Manu,
0: a Tabu, fit out, you're taking them over Tessie and you. Absolutely. You are. And that's not a slight on Tessie. That's just... No there's better players and there Tessie's is. like I said, Tessie is not without his spot in the Broncos team in future. I don't think like he's shown quite a fair bit in his short stints that he's got what it takes to actually win a game for us. So yeah. Um, yeah. Like he's, he's doing a good job. I think for now.
1: He is anyway, I think that's enough Broncos therapy and it's fully been long enough. Is there anything you want to get off your chest before we, we wrap it up?
0: No, no, not really. I mean, like I said, it's, this was a tough game to swallow that Tigers game. And it really made me question, like I said, the biggest question marks for me of the club, other than what we spoke about, they've got to have a plan on who they want their next coach to be. I think that's going to be the most important signing that we make in the next, you know, however many years Um, they've got, they've got to, they've got to pick a coach. They've got to go after him hard and um, yeah, that that's going to be the biggest key decision I think they make in the next, however many years.
1: Yeah. I think the tough thing for me too, is I actually don't know who that guy is myself. Me neither.
0: I've, I've been looking everywhere. I'm like, I mean, uh, you're not going to pry Robbo away from the Roosters. I don't think Bellamy's done after it's done. the storm. Like it's, done. Yeah. it's just, you know, it's obviously we had Dimitri here, but he's obviously going to start his Rabbitohs career next year. Like mm. it's tough. It's a pretty sort of thin coaching field at the moment. I, I just, I don't know who they're going to get, but they need to make sure that whoever they do get next is it better not be fucking Paul Green. That's I better about I'm to saying.
1: say, yeah, mate, and uh, I'm a bit worried because he's, he's icons, mate. But yeah. I don't know how many times Paul Green has to prove that he's the game yeah, but, has passed him by.
0: Yeah, and yeah. I, you know, I don't think. I mean, surely I can smart enough to realise what's happened with the Cowboys over the last five years, and also what happened with Queensland this year. That maybe. He's not the guy to throw into a job like the Broncos.
1: Yeah, we've had about, well, when we hired Seabold, we had three main candidates, and the fourth never had a shot. Like Jason Dimitri was the fourth one. They never, they were never hiring him mm-hmm. because of the Wayne links, but the other three were Seabold, Green, and Kevy. And I might drink cyanide if we gave all three of them a shot. Oh, <laughs>
0: like, yeah.
1: That's not how it works. Yeah. <laughs> like new candidates come up, fellas. Let's look at new yeah. ones after Give this. Us one. something. <laughs> yeah but, you know
0: they, there could be some coaches in q cup there could be some you know i know the um the women's coach has done a really good job too like mm. i would not be averse to seeing you know his his you know him being able to put his case forward um but yeah so there's obviously there's going to be plenty of candidates that actually want to coach the broncos but um yeah, fingers crossed we can actually choose yeah. one that's not so Paul green.
1: That's it, mate. And no, I just I don't think it has to be another proven head coach. Like proven head coaches don't become available very often. If they're any good, this just doesn't happen. No. So you've you know guys like again Bellamy was an assistant when he got hired. Trent Robertson came from overseas. Bennett was an assistant when he got Brisbane in the first place. He's been around forever. That's why he's moved around. It's very rarely a club that gets a second chance head coach. And that's like a start of his dynasty at a club. Yeah. So I'm just like, we've just done the experienced guy again. I'm just done with that. I, I don't know who the answer is, but, you know, maybe like, like Jason Roll's been waiting for like five years. Maybe he's one of them. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But as you said, there's got to be, it's hard to know the great coaching candidates as a fan. It just is. Yeah. But you'd love to, maybe there's guys like that. Maybe there's someone in Queensland Cup. I just, I'm praying to, to God that it's not Paul Green.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, you know, Seraldo at the Panthers mm. has obviously had a fair bit of chat about him. He, I think uh, he didn't take up a job with somebody, I do believe, a couple of years ago. He decided to stay on with Penrith. But, um, you know, he's someone that you could definitely look at. He obviously has got a very good brain for it. Um, and he's still very young, by the way. He's still yeah. Coach. Like,
1: and so he's head coach already. Yeah, I don't mind that one.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, I just think they've got to do, they've got to pick someone that's just not a fucking old boy.
1: Yeah. And, and Seraldo, from what I, I've heard, he's got the hard part down, and that's the man management. Yeah. Like there's a lot of really good footy heads out there, but at its base, t- players will win games that they want to play for you. It'll just happen. Good players will win games. And Seraldo has like, he's been with that Penrith lot from that current Mollo well, first grade crop from like NYC in 2014. Hasn't left because of the way he has with the players. Yeah. The players like him a lot. Like, I think that if he's a good option other clubs, if he can reproduce that linkage.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I said, there's there'll be options out there. It's they just will. a matter of, you know, doing the due diligence and, and finding yeah. the right one. Oh,
1: it kills me the most all the time when when fans say, oh, we shouldn't sack X because who, who else is out there?
0: Yeah. I mean, there's always more coaching candidates. There. Yeah, there's always more coaching candidates. And if you're not doing well, why would you want to just keep not doing well? Yeah, I
1: know. So I'm hoping Serraldo is actually, that's actually a good one. Seraldo's not a bad one. Maybe Rolls, but we don't know. But as you said, that has to be the other big plan. Yeah. And if it's not poor, I can probably pretty much get on board with anybody who isn't paul Green.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously Flanagan's out there as well. I, I hate Flanagan, but I can get on board. At the same time, like, he's got a proven track record of being able to do things. And I think he could ruffle a few feathers. And just, we needed, there just needs to be a change that's not what Seabold did. Like, Seabold changed to something that was just completely ludicrous. Like, Shane Flanagan is still a footy coach at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, and for Someone
0: that just puts on a presentation and says, this is what you have to (laughs) do. And there's no why to it. It's just do this.
1: And yeah, and Fano wasn't out of a gig because like I was like recycled coaches who get punted. He's not out of a gig because he started started losing games.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Like, and I know all the other things happened, but yeah, I agree. He's a good footy coach and don't confuse Shane Flanagan, the terrible commentator with Shane Flanagan, the footy coach. Yeah.
0: Because they're not the same thing. <laughs> exactly. <right. laughs> yeah. Shane Flanagan as a footy coach is clearly a decent head coach.
1: Yeah, he is. And I've, well, what I've heard is that he's pretty good, again, at getting on the level with the players, but also found ways to like motivate guys like Andrew Fafita, for example. Dealt, yeah. dealt with head case, like Fafita for years. Yeah, They had a relationship that was teetering on the edge that even you had Fafita calling out Flannan during your game, and it still worked. Yeah. You know, that's a guy who can manage what, from what I've seen different types of people. Well, so plus, maybe you know, so you good. had your
0: Josh Dugans in the side as well, and, you know, Fafita, Graham, Gallen, like – big personalities in in a team and he managed to get them together and you know won a comp so
1: whether That's it was it,
0: needled or not but
1: uh, yeah i know but and they kept winning till he wasn't yeah. wasn't allowed there so whatever and as you said needling all that stuff happened well, i just want to give you in games needle yeah, them up boys so, needle, yeah. needle them up <laughs> yeah, just,
0: like make us successful again that you've got every advantage that you could possibly want by coaching the broncos like we should yeah. be back in the top four within two years.
1: Yeah. Well what we'll know is next time we put a coaching search out there, the candidates will come. Yeah. Oh, always come absolutely. for that.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. 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 They'll like I said there'll be no shorter job. They'll be coming from the trees to to apply for the job. So That's it.
1: Okay. Anyway, I think we're done. That's it. Good. Thanks for coming Thank on again, Benny. I appreciate right. it. It's always um it's always refreshing getting someone else's opinion here now because the club just seems to be in the same spot for like two years. So it's always yeah. good to have you have you come join us.
0: Oh, mate. Pleasure to be on. No worries. Okay. Well,
1: anyway, say goodbye, Benny. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me.